Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got our usual panel today. We've got Adam and Rhiannon. How are you guys What's doing? What's going on? Cold. Snowy. I'm, I'm ready for uh, summer. We're getting all our winter at the end of February here. We had like no snow and then it's going to snow like four times in three weeks or something. I'm loving it. I didn't get any winter last year and like I don't want it to end. I mean, I'd like some daylight, but like, I don't know. I like wearing my frumpy sweater. Weren't you in the Caribbean last winter? Jeez. Yeah. I would take that over two feet of snow in one day. Besides, New Yorkers don't really deal with winter. I mean, it's maybe cold, but, like, somebody shovels your sidewalk, right? There has yet to be a day where I, like, get up and walk out and there's, like, snow accumulation of any sort. Like, this morning, there was, like, you could tell the front of cars were white. Um, Which scares me more, because I'm afraid that one day I'm going to go out and not even realize that it's, like, icy and just, like, there's steps and I'm just going to slip and fall and hurt myself i worry about slipping and falling as much as your average 80 year old woman <laughs> you got the nice new snow uh, uh well this How's past snow uh snowstorm wasn't uh too good i was so excited to get that and get her done and the first couple of snow things no big deal um but this past one yeah i put her to work um yeah, that took about six six full hours. It was uh, it was a pain in the ass, but it got the job done eventually. It's the most snow I've ever seen in my life. So, well, now that we've done that talk, thanks for. Uh, we want to encourage you guys to subscribe to the show at uh, watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. That's our YouTube channel. Uh, also, if you'd like to support the show, we'd love for you to go over to patreon.com slash marvelnewsdesk and uh, help us keep the lights on and all that kind of stuff. Uh, not that we actually own a building or rent a building that has lights, more like uh, the website up and all that kind of stuff. All right. Uh, this week, the big news to start with, the drought is over. We finally have an Oscar on our hands. Three Oscars for Black Panther. Uh, also one for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I think we'll talk about the significance of this a little bit later on, but just generally, uh, did you guys watch? Were you excited to uh, experience it in live? Uh, live. I watched, and I didn't even have to for my job, um, and I was so prepared for disappointment. Like, uh, Ruth Carter, like, she was one of the first ones out now. I love uh, being, like, a girl like this. I love looking at the dresses. Like, as a kid, even, I would just, you know, like, sit down for an hour before the Oscars and see everybody come in and their dresses and everything. And Ruth Carter's was the first one to, like, show up on Twitter feeds and stuff. And her dress was amazing. And I was like, oh, I hope she wins an Oscar. I hope she wins an Oscar. But I was, like, prepared for disappointment because that's what the Academy Awards are all about. And then she won it. And then they won the next one. And then it was like, holy crap, anything could happen. And yeah, I absolutely. I, I mean, they won the ones I thought they were going to win. Um, I mean, costume design wasn't even, wasn't a competition. Um, 
But yeah, it... But right, know, right. There, like, like... Uh, the visual effects category, there were... Uh, we'll get to that, but that, that oh. was like... What? But, yeah, I mean, good. I mean, I figured Black Panther was going to win something. Um, I was actually surprised they walked away with three of them. Yeah, but there was a lot of people who did win awards at the Oscars that were right. somewhat shocking and disappointing. So I think I was I was grateful for everyone that came through. All right, let's talk about that VFX. Somehow Marvel has still not won a, a virtual FX award. I don't understand. How has Marvel never won a VFX? I didn't see First Man, so I can't complain. Yeah. Spacey type stuff. It's not like, that's the thing. I mean, even Ready Player One. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Even Solo. I can't believe I'm saying that, but even Solo. Uh Christopher Robin, man. I love those little animals. I'd be okay to lose Christopher Robin. I I don't know. I don't know. Man, I, I don't get it, I guess. Of course, I'm heavily biased and stuff, but I mean, they deserved an award for like Thanos alone. I mean, Thanos looked legit. All everyone in there looked legit. The whole Black Order did. So, it, it's still my theory on this, and I, I don't know if this is true, but it's just the way I feel that Marvel has hurt itself by the fact that it's all incremental. That like. Infinity War is the culmination of 22 films of special effects work. And Thanos is awesome, but Thanos is derivative to some degree of other motion capture they've done. Like if Infinity War dropped without 19 movies in front of it, it'd blow people away. But it's kind of like the Academy can't notice it because, well, we've seen Iron Man before. We've seen Spider-Man before. We've seen Hulk before. Like, it hurts them that they're building That's on their the own. That's the first real time we've seen Thanos. I mean, he look. think about how much better he looked than his previous iterations. You know, it's a, the industry's grown as a whole. That's why, I mean, Avatar came at such a, a pivotal stage and everything. Um, you know, I don't know. That was just the that was first man was probably the last movie on my list in that category. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing. Like I said we'll talk a little more about Oscars later. Um, Kevin Feige had several things that he said. Well, I think he talked to Collider for about a minute and a half, and they have split this into a daily article. Uh, we found out uh, Feige says that Eternals. Might be uh, spanning a timeline as far as 10,000 years long. So it's going to be this grand epic from like the beginning of humanity till today. Uh, Also, uh, more interesting to a lot of people on Disney Plus, he suggested that these shows are going to be firmly set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, There was more news today. Uh, about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. He didn't say much other than it was really close to happening and then it got delayed for quite a bit, which I think we knew all those things. Um, I don't know. Adam, did I miss any other Feige news things from this week? Or is that... Oh, there, there are loads of stuff. I can't remember if it was this week or last week. When was uh, that Captain Marvel press stuff? Did we talk about that last week? 
Uh, we talked um, about some of it last week. Like, because there's that Black Widow stuff. There was, uh, what else? Um, oh, yeah. I love how he says. R. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. That, the, the, the R-rated stuff. There was another thing. I totally spaced off. But I do like. Oh. Yeah, well, I mean, but the Black Widow not being R-rated. If we haven't talked about that, Caleb, that seems like something you'd be excited about. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter's very but happy. I don't know. And I'm very happy that I don't have to have that <laughs> fight. So, yay. Um, so, yeah, that was, I don't that was know. pretty do cool. You think, how, how truthful do you think they're going to be? I mean, certainly they want, you know, I mean, they lied to us about Endgame. And I'm not saying he's lying to us about Black Widow. But, I mean, if they're carrying the Deadpool brand over, surely... It's going to be rated R, right? I mean, Deadpool, but did he say there would be no R-rated movies? No, he just said Black Widow. Just Black Widow. So, I mean, if not Black Widow, I still think it's obviously going to happen sometime, perhaps. Yeah. But then it comes back to the thing. They also told us it wasn't Endgame. Um, Well, but I think lying about the name of the movie when somebody calls him out like that... You know, to keep that a secret is different than, I mean, I mean, maybe it's a huge secret that Black Widow is going to be rated R. But he has been different. getting a lot more loose in his interviews. Have you guys picked this up? Like he's now he's freely talking about Black Widow and Eternals, even though they're not announced. Even they just months ago, he yeah. he was cagey and saying, well, you know, Eternals is something on the stack of cards that we'd like to do sometime, you know, and now it's kind of like a soft announcement type thing. I mean, it's in the trade so much that it's kind of, I mean, it's happening, you know, but still bizarre. We don't have an official announcement. I noticed it most with the guardians, uh, comments where he's like, you know, we had guardians and it was in that slot, but then we had to, well, I mean, we never announced it, but you know, uh, like you could tell that he was just acknowledging it was supposed to be May of next year. And then he realized, Oh, we never said that. I also like, I mean, piggybacking off our, it's all connected conversation from, you know, the past couple weeks ago. I like how, uh, I mean, he refers to just movies as MCU. Um, you know, he says, well, the, you know, these shows are going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I don't know. It's There's a clear. Well, yeah, it was even. It's even worse than that. I'm trying to actually find this quote and I can't. I read somewhere today where he used the phrase, quote unquote, ah. MCU proper. <laughs> what does that mean? Except. That means that the TV shows aren't the MCU proper. Like, it was the biggest diss on the TV shows he could have made. And it was totally, totally not, like, purposeful. But If yeah, it is not in a cinema, on. it is not the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Until it's on Disney+. Plus. And with the exception and of... This all, this all but confirms that everything on Disney Plus is studios, right? He flat out said that? I believe... So there goes New Warriors. Yeah. Psh. New Warrior. Oh, I'm. Uh, I want to see that so bad. Oh, all right. Here it is. Uh, slash film. Quote: 
it will be talking about the the uh, Disney Plus stuff. It will be MCU proper. Sometimes it will take place as Captain Marvel did, a time before current events. Sometimes it'll take place during. What I will say, whatever happens in those, is those shows and with uh, and with characters that have been in the films, they'll undergo transformations. Not Loki necessarily, but will undergo transformations in their series, and those transformations will be reflected in the next film appearances. Because we've been developing long-form narratives for Disney Plus at the exact time we're developing a post-Avengers Endgame MCU, we've been able to do something we've never done before. <laughs> we've been able to do something we've never done before, which is to interweave them, meaning the shows, from the start, from the plant. I mean... Okay. Oh, that's brutal. If you're somebody who's like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is part of the MCU, right. you just got thrown under the bus by Kevin. There's Fox. a lot to unpack there. I mean, so essentially everybody that's getting a TV show is surviving Endgame except for Loki. I don't know if that's what it means, but if they do and if they are, I think it's interesting actually that he backtracked. Not Loki necessarily, as if he knows Loki's not coming back. But um, I think I mean I love this the idea that if Falcon has a TV show that he will be different in the next movie because yeah. of the show because I've been worried that these will be unconsequential, and he's basically confirming to us yeah. no it will be. No, I'm with you on that too. It's almost like people were really interested in a universe where it's all connected. I just don't know how else to read. We've never done this before because that was. What do you think Jeff said when he read that article? Probably a couple of choice words, right? Like, do you think? I mean, like, do you think Feige has I even watched so. the TV? I think shows? he's flat out said he hasn't I mean, watched the... anything. Are we sure he isn't Charles Murphy? <laughs> oh man, that'd make me really happy if he was. Well, For people who don't know, Charles' famous joke is anytime someone says something about Agents of Shield, he goes, "That's still on." All of them, like. I, finally this week I was like Charles Murphy you just hate the television shows don't you and he's like maybe that's the case um oh he tweeted the other day he's like there's been 168 episodes of Netflix shows and I enjoyed 14 of them and I was like oh, and that's when I responded man. like maybe we just fair. accept that you don't like television shows which is cool which goes back to us talking about there's something for everybody but maybe he and Feige are in the same boat maybe Feige doesn't watch the t- he's he's got a lot on his plate maybe he doesn't realize that there are these tv shows scrambling to try to be connected with hashtag points of connectivity sorry Loeb, i tried when to make are it a we thing. getting tv stuff because abc just announced they're they're adapting an indie comic called stumptown and like the uh lead character is described as like a sassy private investigator which is clearly a jessica jones-esque character um do you think it's possible the trade got it wrong and it was never a marvel show it was just a comic show so disney is launching i mean is this in your news later caleb no go ahead i nothing's in my news disney is launching their streaming service next month in japan like i guess it's their soft launch in japan their um content from all four disney studios will be available next month in preparation for 5g whatever that is 
Um, oh, it's one of the, like, I, I have no idea what 5G is. Wait, is this like 4G now 5G? Like 3G, 4G, 5G? Anyways. Um, but anyways, the... It would make sense the Japanese would have Disney it Disney streaming we service <laughs> in Japan coming in about a month. Uh, it's not labeled this article that I'm reading. I'm reading a Hollywood Reporter article. It doesn't call it Disney Plus. It just says Disney streaming service. But, like, isn't that what Disney Plus is? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Maybe maybe Plus has an offensive meaning in Japan, so they have to do something yeah. else. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Seems like Disney would check that out before they went with such a thrilling name as Disney Plus. Yeah, and 5G is like, you know, like your cell phone, 3G, 4G, 5G. So they're doing a streaming service on cell phones in Japan next month. And it's going to have like all the Disney content on it. So that's a thing that's happening that may or may not be related to when Disney Plus is coming out. Adam, you were talking too about like when the TV show pilots get approved and all that stuff. No. What do you, what you, what do you mean? Is that what you're asking? No, I'm just asking, uh, like, when the hell are we going to get more Marvel TV shows? Because, uh, I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is done. Shoonly. Right. I was about to say, we need to talk so about how there's going to be less Marvel TV shows. I can believe it. If you've not heard, dear listeners, they say the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be done after episode seven, or episode, season seven. They being Clark Grad. So, I mean, he wouldn't lie to us like Feige does. It kind of makes sense, I guess, that they would, that, you know, like this was renewed so quickly. And I almost could see the writers in the writing room, like in season six, go, hey, listen. Can we just work out a deal where we're only 13 episodes for season six? Give us another 13 in season seven and we will finish the whole thing out and we'll be finished. It seems like networks are more friendly to those kinds of deals when they know that there's an end in sight and they're not going to have the fans fighting for it. Their fans are still going to fight for it. But like uh, I remember Lost was kind of this way where when Lost started to get middling in the ratings, they were like, here, give us through this many episodes and we'll finish it out and it'll all be finished. I like that. I mean, I, I like the idea of, you know, this isn't a cancellation. This is, you know, a final season um, of a run that is way longer than anybody expected. And I'm, I'm glad they're getting to plan to wrap it up, if that's the case. I mean, we're all assuming Clark knows what he's talking about. Um, I also wonder if these actors are just sort of ready to move on. I feel like the next season was, you know, came about very quickly after they finished season six. And so maybe they did that just so everybody wouldn't have to have too long of a hiatus. And so they could go ahead and film it and those actors could have movie deals. I mean, for all we know, they could have movie deals that aren't announced or there could be something like Marvel up. movie deals. Oh, I was going to say, hmm. Jeez. <laughs> Hashtag, it's not connected, right. dude. Um, I'd be so I'd be so up for Quake, though, in the MCU. I mean, who knows? For all we know, maybe there is a Quake movie coming, and all of a sudden it is connected again. And they're just not Considering that Marvel Studios wants to uh, do something from the Eternals, 
um, instead of grabbing an already developed character. I don't know. I do think it's interesting how TV people feel about being on a show that long. Like if you're on the Big Bang Theory and you're making 10 million bucks an episode or whatever stupid money they're making, I'm sure you want to be on TV as long as possible. But I wouldn't think that the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast is getting huge pay raises. And so uh, there's probably some point at which it's better for your career to move on and do something I don't know, man. In acting, nothing is guaranteed. You know... So I got to hang out with Jeff Cantor last week, which I had to throw in at some point, um, who, uh-huh. who plays Name Ellison drop. on Daredevil. And I mean, just that role of Ellison on Daredevil, you know, that for him was, I mean, we don't think of that as a major character, as a major character, um, but he was a recurring character. And that made a significant difference in his stability of life, like knowing that there was more bit pieces and Netflix coming along. Getting a steady job like that is rare. Um, And some of them know that. Now, do they get like, is Netflix sending Clark Gregg checks every time somebody clicks on Netflix? Does not get there are absolutely no residuals involved in Netflix. Now, what they're probably and this is mostly speculation is that Netflix paid ABC studios a flat amount to get agents of shield. And there's something contractually that some of that money goes to the actors and writers and such. But Netflix, as far as I know, has absolutely nothing that will reveal their actual viewership. They don't make any deals that will involve revealing that. Right. I guess I'm just saying those contracts plus overseas plus any syndication like, the cast still makes money off of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as long as it's being shown somewhere. Oh, sure. But nowhere near as much as filming one more season would be. It looks like the Fox-Disney deal is real close to done. Apparently, Brazil and uh, Mexico have signed off. And we're really close to seeing the final uh, ink dry on the last bit of paper. Uh I feel like we've talked about this so many times, but it's kind of exciting to see us. Right, this close right. To um, so I think Brazil approved yesterday officially, and yesterday was Wednesday. Um, so they said about ten days um, would be the official waiting period for for all the paperwork to get finalized and stuff. So theoretically, when is the eighth? The eighth is. So oh, Friday, so this Friday comes out after the uh, the podcast comes out. So it could theoretically close then. Watch. Let's let's just say this: oh there God. there's plenty of time to film uh, <laughs> a, a Fantastic Four X Men teaser. There's select Twitter accounts that says they that can't happen. But I mean, if they dropped seventy one billion dollars. Where I mean the X Men and Fantastic Four characters are a pretty good chunk of this, a little bit, you know. I mean they they can make something work and to to put on Endgame. It just seems like a a no brainer they would want to do. It's it's Endgame's going to be the biggest movie they've ever done, right? They're going to own these properties for until they don't want to. So you know forever. 
So what if, I mean, there's no rush other than you're going to have the largest audience ever for Endgame. But what if just at the end, it's just like a Fantastic Four logo or an X-Men logo or a field of logos. And it just says like coming soon. Would that be enough to just make you pee your pants a little? I have an image of Kevin Feige in a Scrooge McDuck style vault just going, <laughs> I have all the characters and all the money and you suckers will come see it anyways. That's why, that's why in his interviews he doesn't care about hiding stuff anymore. He's like, whatever. I'll tell you all the stuff about this Captain Marvel in game and Eternals Black Widow. You don't even know what I'm thinking about, people. Adam, you mentioned how much of a part of the deal this is. It does make me wonder if they had to cut off like the Fantastic Four X Men chunk and put a dollar amount on it. How much of the seventy one billion dollars is the Marvel stuff? I think only like a billion dollars. Yeah, because they bought all of they bought all of Marvel Marvel with the publishing brand and the toys and the studio for four billion. I can't imagine the IP of the X Men. And Fantastic Four alone. I mean, it maybe it's worth a billion dollars, but uh, this is probably a bad that. time to bring up that Hulu thing, right? How Disney's trying to go after more shares of Hulu <laughs> too. Yes. Oh, they are. You're right. No, we should add that in right now. They're trying to buy up Warner Brothers ten percent. Right. Well, I mean, right? that makes sense, right? Because Warner Media is making their own streaming platform, so they might as well at least get some liquid cash for it well but why do they even it it makes sense for warner to sell but it doesn't make any sense to me for disney to buy because they're already going to own a majority in hulu like what is it like they're they're worried about that 34 percent share vetoing them on decisions to run season five of runaways like no, I think it's just they want a bigger piece of the pie. They just want how, to make more money. How does that work? Because NBC or Comcast, NBC, Universal, they're not going to ever give up their thirty percent. Like, how does creative control work? Like, do, is Disney going to hire like seventy percent of the people, or do they get seven of the ten seats on the board, whereas Comcast gets three? I like to I like to see it as there's three people in the room and two of them are wearing Mickey Mouse hats and the other one has an NBC blazer on and he goes um um guys no. I was wondering if we could and the other two shout no Pretty at much. him and then they just move on. Also <laughs> these, but they shout no in the Mickey Mouse yeah. voice. It's like no kitty. These no. merger names are getting Shut ridiculous. It, pal. <laughs> Like the actual corporation names, Comcast, NBC, Universal. Is that right? That's one business name. Who didn't they just buy someone? They yeah, they should make them like bring it together, like right, or just Newcast or something like that. Well, they do. They do massive studies on that. Like, is it worth getting rid of this name? Is there? I mean, like, there are people that have whole businesses that do market research on what a name should be. Because I worked for MegaCorp as it was bought out by another megacorp and it was like the new name of the company is going to be megacorp a because we found out they had the highest brand recognition and the other corp had been like sued really badly so like they wanted to get rid of their name 
I'm assuming NBC is mostly sticking around so that they can make some of Disney's money. You know, like, sure, Disney, do whatever you want. We'll collect the check. Michael T. Ford has said in the comments, uh, the live stream, his assumption is that Comcast will eventually sell the share. They're just holding on uh, in the hope that Disney will uh, pump up its value so they get more money when they finally sell. Word. That That makes makes sense. sense. Of course, how valuable can it be since it makes zero money? This gets me on my gripe about companies that are worth billions of dollars without making a zero dollar profit. I can make a lemonade stand. So in uh, in the sales documents or whatever, Disney valued Hulu at uh, essentially ten billion dollars. So they would have to drop another three billion for. I'll sell you. I'll sell you whatever in my house for three billion dollars. Buyer's choice, you know, buy whatever the hell you want. Just give me $3 billion. It's particularly not that big of a deal since I forget what the numbers were, but Disney like had a seven or $800 million loss last year, just in their investment in streaming technology to build Disney plus. So they're crapping away a billion dollars a year on streaming. I mean, another three to actually a lot of money, you know that? Yeah, and like, listen, I'm I'm intelligent enough to understand that it's all about the future and that, that someday they'll monetize it and someday they'll make it profitable. But the fact that we're all going gaga over these companies that literally make zero dollars, like that make negative profit, is it's still weird to me. I still feel like at some point it's like the housing market, like something is going to crash when one of these companies finds out, oh, we're not profitable because it's frankly not a profitable business period i totally agree i mean and it's all wall street i mean and what matters to all of these people at the top is the wall street value um so as long as the stocks and it's perceived as being valuable because it has potential to make a profit in the future that's somehow the world survives that way until it doesn't yeah the thing that's hard for me to understand is that Thus far, they haven't been profitable because they're in a race to buy more content because they know the way they're going to beat out their competitors is more content. All of this assumes that someday they'll get enough hedge money over the market that they can put less into content so they can start to be profitable. Like, I would think that Hulu and, well, not Hulu, but I would think Netflix has reached a saturation point worldwide or will eventually and the only way to make more money is to charge more, which people aren't going to like, or to... So are you content, claiming you know? that streaming is a bubble? Because I, I totally agree with it. You know how many streaming services there are out there? Yeah. Bu- there was yeah, a... What was it? Shudder? Did you guys know there's a streaming service called Shudder? It's like just straight horror movies, and they're doing original programming too. There's that streaming service with Deborah Ann Wall that she has her show on, Relics and Rarities, that, like, it's nothing but watching that people play D&D. That is one I'll pass on. And it's... Is it, it really? Is hypnotizing. Oh, my God. Like, I might I might cancel all of my other streaming services. I have never played D&D ever. I might cancel all of my streaming services and just watch people play D&D all day. It's fascinating. By the way, I was thinking today, Deborah Ann Wall what? should be the new Jean Grey. If you want a good Jean Grey, yeah. Deborah Ann Wall. I'm down with that. Uh, again, referring to our person who knows something about these things, 
uh, Michael T. Ford was saying that Netflix will eventually raise prices. They're just going to wait till they have a monopoly to do it. Which <laughs> I mean, they're sense. raising prices. When I logged in this afternoon, they gave me that. They're, they've got to introduce ads. I mean, that's the second step, right? They're going to keep increasing prices so then they can introduce an ad-supported cheaper package, right? I mean, that's got to be the eventual plan. Why doesn't Netflix have ads? Someday they will. Uh, That might be the day I leave Netflix. All right. um, Other newsy things that I saw this week. We'll go through them quickly. Uh, Avengers Endgame is on pace to make like long-term projection is like $285 million opening weekend, which would just absolutely obliterate previous records. Are you guys going to see it? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Brian Michael Bendis is apparently still writing that Kitty Pride movie for Fox. He's like... The guy making, like, parfaits on the Titanic who's not realized that they've hit the iceberg yet. It's pretty sad. Um, uh, Captain Marvel's coming out this next week, and there's been lots and lots of talks about press tours and all that stuff. And I'm sure you can get all kinds of spoilers on that at this point if you want. Um, Kevin Feige keeps talking about how great the Quantum Realm's going to be. Uh, a Spider-Man Lego toy was revealed in which Mysterio looks exactly like Mysterio looks in the trailer. I don't think that's even a leak. All right. Um, Dave Bautista continues to make himself persona non grata at Disney. And I think that's all. Oh, Jessica Jones season three is going to have a Kilgrave appearance. I assume somewhat like last time. All right, any of that interesting, guys, or Adam, Rhiannon, anything I missed? Disney's going to make so much GD money on in-game alone. That's not including Aladdin or Dumbo or Lion King or Captain Marvel. Oh, Aladdin's going to be the flop. You think Aladdin will? I was thinking Dumbo. Looking at that Will Smith. Uh, I think it looks good. People are going to show up for the adorable baby elephant. But that creepy blue Will Smith. So what? I mean, what's a flop for Disney? Seven hundred and fifty million dollars. So what do you consider a flop? Um, yeah. Or well, Solo, which was like four hundred and fifty. Oh, Aladdin's gonna do more than that. You missed the? Uh, did you didn't bring up the review bombing for Captain Marvel? Did you? Oh, I didn't. They finally yeah. pulled that garbage. Totally made Rotten Tomatoes change their website, even though Rotten Tomatoes said that wasn't the cause. But it was. You also ignored my grand adventure with the Save Daredevil. Oh, part. that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> we talked about it last week. Let's talk about it now. How did that day go? Oh, my gosh, you guys. I... I feel like I know Daredevil fans. I didn't know any of the people that showed up for this, except for Royce, Royce Johnson that we have on the podcast. He was there. Like, okay. So I don't remember what I explained last week, but the uh, Save Daredevil people had this whole day planned. And it was like, meet at the Today Show and try to get on television. And then... uh, And then it was like, we're going to walk down to the Marvel offices and meet with executives and then like go to Times Square and try to get some attention which sounded like a very interesting plan 
Um, I looked at the Today Show and I was like, there's no way they're going to let us like advertise Daredevil on the show. And they had already, by the time I got there, like been told by security, like, yeah, we're not going to let you like advertise. They have rules, strict rules. Um, so we ended up just like say, hanging out. I mean, Royce Johnson actually was on the Today Show a bunch. Um, we ended up just like hanging out there. Royce had to leave. He had work. Um, and then Jeff Cantor showed up, who plays Ellison on the show. Uh, very nice guy. We ended up just sort of hanging out with him. We just like moved to a Starbucks and hung out with him for a little while. All the time, he's like trying desperately to get a hold of Joe, and this is how he pronounced it, Joe Caseda. Um, I called him out on this, and I'm like, "Have I been pronouncing it wrong?" And he said it was a big old tomato tomato situation. I could call him Casada, he'd call him Caseda. Um. And in the end, we got bored and he never heard back from him. So we just like walked up to Marvel headquarters and he like walked up, just balling, walked up to just like the person at the front desk there on the first floor and was like, I'm Jeff Cantor. I play Ellison in Marvel's Daredevil and I need to see Joe Casada, or he said Casada. And the person at this front desk is just like, I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, and they're just... Like, this isn't even Marvel. This is just, like, the doorman. <laughs> and they're like, whatever, I'll let you up to the lobby. So we just, like, go and we, like, go up to the Marvel lobby. Okay, and it's like, you step out of the elevator. Is this you or three of you? Like, how no, many of you are there? This was, like, eight of us. Okay. Um, like, there's a picture out there. <laughs> so, we, yeah. Eight of us, four of which maybe were breathing at this point. Because we're in the Marvel lobby um and we step out and there's like a receptionist there that you can tell has dealt with this type of situation before and he's just like first of all y'all need to put those phones away (laughs) and um put away your crayons and we're gonna take away the crayons so um yeah, and Jeff Cantor does the same thing. He's like, I play Ellison in Daredevil, and these fans are really enthusiastic, and they need to meet Joe. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, Joe isn't in today. <laughs> and so they go and they get, like, Joe Caseda's assistant, and he comes out, and he's like, yeah, um, Joe isn't in today. And Jeff's like, well, can they at least, like, have a tour, like, you know, of the offices and stuff? And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, no. No, <laughs> no that doesn't we, we don't. We don't do that. And, uh, and Jeff's like, well, can they at least, like, take a picture in front of that kick-ass mural right there? <laughs> and the guy's like, okay. So, like, we got a picture in front of the awesome mural in Marvel. And then we were sent on our way. Um and then we went to like Times Square where some fan had bought a Times Square billboard for five minutes and um, Jeff had to go on. He actually had like auditions and stuff. Uh, Naquam Washington, who's actually Charlie's personal trainer, met us there and uh, yeah, like we stood out and we waited and we saw the billboard and you've, th- there's been pictures of that all over Twitter. And even since then, there's already been another fandom to copy us. That, like, went to the Today Show and bought a billboard today. So, um, like, Save Daredevil is already starting to went trends. Uh, and then we went to Midtown Comics and then, you know, went on our merry lives. So it was an awesome day that mostly involved just so lesson learned, children. You can't just walk into Marvel and meet with Joe Casada. In case you thought you could. 
I think Marvel is missing such a big trick there. If they opened like a Marvel museum or something like if they had a space that was just like one floor of memorabilia and movie props and old comics. And then they like, I don't know, like somehow did a studio tour, even if it was all phony baloney and they only had a couple of artists work like they can make so much money if you could go to some place that was like the Marvel tourist thing in New York City. True, true. Maybe I'll I'll talk to these people that have Joe Casada's phone number and pitch the idea. Um, now, evidently, one person that like responded to us, uh, that nerd Ron or one nerd Ron, um, there's a pop museum in Seattle, like an exhibit where they have like all of the costumes and stuff. So that looked really interesting. Um, I mean, it had movies and TV shows and all kinds of stuff from Marvel. So um, that's cool. So if you're in the Seattle area and that's still going on, I don't remember how close it was to closing. Isn't it the headquarters is in Seattle? It's somewhere out there. No, uh, Funko. Weren't you talking about? Oh, I think she meant Marvel. No, 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 no. It's like the Museum of Pop Culture. It's like Museum of Pop. It's not. It's not Funko Pop related. Gotcha. It's museum of pop like pop culture somewhere on the west coast there is a funko pop headquarters and they have like a really awesome like display like room and all that stuff well now that i have connections to all these people that have joe casada's phone number i will just let's get joe on joe seems like uh the type of person that would sit down for a chat maybe i'll i'll see what i can do I'll see what I can do. I mean, Jeff Cantor said he'd be happy to be on the show anytime. So if we want to talk to him, just Hell yeah. Yeah, let me know. That'd be great. All right. That was a really exciting segment. Now we have to go to Gross. a more depressing segment. It's our trailer <laughs> segment. There was a Dark Phoenix trailer. Uh, all right. We each have to say something positive. I'd rather quit. About this I would rather quit. Before we get into the rest. That's not positive, Adam. <laughs> I am amazed and impressed that it looks like a movie huh? that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It was it was a little more coherent than I expected it to be after all of these reshoots. And I felt like, oh, I see how this is going to go. It also helps that it seems like the way it's going to go is primarily the way that X-Men The Last Stand went. <laughs> Rhiannon, you are, are, are just a ray of positivity, if anyone on this podcast is. Do you have anything that you are excited about in the Dark Phoenix trailer? Oh my gosh, I am like so excited that I won't have to be here and talk to you guys about it whatever day that we're talking about that on the podcast. I don't have to go see this movie, do I? Who knows, maybe you'll fall in love with it like I did Venom. All I did was take little motivation, then I watched Venom, and I can't stop watching Venom now. I mean, you know, you t- you know, oh come truth. on! Give me a I break! I think I'm gonna like this better than no this way in hell. Adam, Adam, you went a really long time not even giving Venom a chance, and it turned out to be something you enjoyed. So, but it, you know, it, we should. In Venom's have defense, Venom is and necessarily yeah. hasn't been done. I mean, they're doing Dark Phoenix for what the seventh time now, right? Is that right? <laughs> oh. Girl, it's I mean, only the still, second, on. but it feels like yeah, <laughs> here's okay. I do have a positive thing. All right, here's my one positive thing for Dark Phoenix. 
All right. Fox actually had enough courage to produce a second trailer and actually released it. Right. So that's pretty positive. Right. So kudos to to Fox for actually, yeah, you know, yeah. um, uh, having the gumption, having the the high enough self-esteem to throw their vulnerabilities at us. Kudos to them. That's my positive ness. Can not, can we talk about the negatives yet? Because there was a hell of a lot. All right, so oh, it was so bad the whole thing. Yes, I woke talk up about what you hated. And I most had three about different messages saying, "Hey, what do you think about Dark Phoenix?" I'm like, "Oh no, did something happen?" It. I have zero interest in watching the movie, man. Do you, Do you really have that reaction to something bad happening to Dark Phoenix? Like. Like, you wake up to, like, did you see Dark Phoenix? Well, my first reaction was, oh, no, I'm going to... Is it like, oh, no, well, no I have my to watch first another trailer? Was, oh, or no, is it I'm like, have to oh, write no, that may be still... Crappy stories about a movie I hate on my day off. So that's what, that's the first thing. So then I watched it, and I'm like, it didn't show anything. I mean, it showed stuff, but it's it's so... You know, it... So what it shows a lot of is Sansa Stark as Jean Grey, and I can't get over that. I, I neither of no, you watched Game I of Thrones, do you? No, I wanted to by April, but I probably won't. They're short seasons, though. They're like six, seven, eight episodes, right? I don't know. I don't know. I, I why is the, why does that bother you? Once. You know how many Game of Thrones stars are in the MCU? Or, correction, now we're probably going to have... You know how many Games of Thrones stars are in Marvel television shows? Right, the unproper, and the improper improper MCU. MCU. The improper. <laughs> I mean, there was there was Ewan, Ewan, however you pronounce his name. He was, but anyways, Sophie. I I, I don't know. I I just. I didn't have any interest in watching this movie before, and I have even less interest having watched this preview. Like, because it's all about her, and I can't seem to care about her. Well, and what's really striking to me is they open up with her crying, you know, like supposed to be this emotional Jean moment. I don't know her as Jean Grey. That's not Famke Jensen or whatever her name is. This is that chick right. that was in 10 minutes of the last movie that I know nothing about because she was hardly in it. Like, we have no connection to these characters at all. And, I mean, it's like they're finishing out a quadrilogy, but they're doing it with mostly characters that we didn't meet until halfway through the Did third you guys one? catch the MCU just, Easter ugh. egg? You didn't? When those, uh, no. that SWAT team or whatever's boarding the thing was it a train or a plane or a automobile i don't know when that the swat team's boarding where they're keeping the mutants they're wearing patches on their sleeves that say mcu it's all connected all right so we probably should talk about this spoiler that's in the trailer uh the trailer if you don't want to be spoiled by this movie a don't watch the trailer and b stop listening to our show <laughs> skip ahead yeah don't stop forever because we really promise we won't talk about this long the uh so apparently mystique is going to be killed pretty um pretty early uh do you care i mean is this 
I don't know. This is just all about Jennifer Lawrence hates putting that makeup on. Like she hardly put the makeup on for that scene. She gets killed in <laughs> from what I can see. I don't know. People are like, Oh, I can't believe they put it in the trailer. And I'm like, I can't believe they convinced her to do 10 more minutes of this movie franchise. She hates. And why was right. Mystique at the center of the freaking X-Men anyways? Th- that anyway. came out uh, several Any weeks ago. That spoiler? came out a, a month ago, maybe? Someone said it in an interview or something. Um, a trade reported it. So it makes sense they put it in the trailer. Here's here's what I really hated. When Simon Kinberg was asked why they did it, he said, quote, Well, the thought process behind that was to primarily show that this movie is unlike other X-Men movies. Have you ever seen X-Men The Last Stand, Simon? I believe you're a producer on it. Guess what? Jean Grey kills people at the beginning of that movie. It's exactly like the movie you've already made. How is he unaware of this? How How is he this stupid? How is that even the trailer even showing that she's killed? Like, she gets pushed away by Jean, but, like, nothing about it. Because, like, I remember, like, I read the headline, you know, shows that spoiler gets killed and then i watched it and i was like did i see somebody get killed i saw like i don't know it felt so anticlimactic it is possible we also see quicksilver go after her in that scene they could do a switcheroo and kill wouldn't be the first time sure (laughs) that was good adam i didn't even plan that joke very very quick on your feet i don't know i mean I love that the best scenes of the past few movies have involved Quicksilver. What was the uh, dun, 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 the uh, in the water in the restaurant or the hotel or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? The slow mo scene with Quicksilver. No, in the hotel in the or the restaurant, right in the kitchen. Are you acting like we've watched this enough times that, to know all the details? That's the jail. Days of Future Past. Is it the it's prison cafeteria? The They're in a the kitchen, aren't they? Yeah. It's the, the Okay, ca- it's, it's a the, kitchen. The yeah, prison okay. right. cafeteria. Well, it was something. I knew game. knives or something or pots and pans. That was dope. So maybe just make a hour and a half movie of that? I think the other thing I really hate is... Storm and Quicksilver, or not Storm, Storm, Nightcrawler, um, a few of these other characters already feel like they're going to be fringe characters. Like Storm has been chronically underused in these movies, and yet again, it looks like we're going to see a movie about Magneto and Professor X and Beast and Mystique and Scott and Jean. Like, make make a really interesting movie about colossus and nightcrawler or like i don't know bring banshee and anything like there's so many x-men and yet we see the same four x-men in every one of these things we only gotta tough it out one more time one and a half more times one and a half (laughs) and kevin and then kevin's gonna save us actually kevin will own them in what 10 days Something like so that. Maybe if, he can cancel. What if, like, this next movie? weekend? What if, like, by the time our next podcast comes out, Kevin Feige has been like, huh, "Just kidding, that's not happening." It would actually be interesting if they made it like a lost movie, or like you from had to the be, vault like, at a special. D23 they could. They might do that with New Mutants. I mean, that could very well. Has anyone checked Hulu? Is New Mutants already up there? 
I mean, we might want to check that to make sure it hasn't <laughs> sneakily been uploaded. Straight to Disney Plus. Uh, we have been, Michael T. Ford helped remind us. Not only did Simon Kimberg produce X ah, on the Last okay. Stand, he yeah. actually wrote it. So when he says that this movie is unlike any other X-Men movie ever, he apparently got hit really hard in the head and forgot the one that he wrote. Hey, man, uh, when you write, you know, blockbuster after blockbuster, it's not easy to keep up with all those stacks of cash rolling in. Are you guys remotely interested in... No. Is it Jessica Chastain or... Bryce Jessica Chastain, Dallas Howard. Which which one is it? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Jessica Chastain. Okay. The eyebrowless Jessica has to like she has the worst eyebrows since Thor in this movie. Yeah, I I don't know. She's apparently an A-lister now or something. I don't know. Everyone speaks very highly of her, but I can't. uh, You know, I mean, it's never stood out to me. So I, I don't know. I don't know. People like her, apparently. Oh, she's that lady from The Martian. Yeah. Wasn't Donald Glover thoughts. also in The Martian? Or am I thinking a different movie? Maybe. Stan, um, um. Yeah, yeah, okay, Stan. so that's the same movie, yeah. Sebastian okay. Stan. Donald Glover's in The Martian. Yeah. Jessica Chastain's in The Martian? Yeah. I always confuse her with Bryce Dallas Howard, so. Who who showed up, like, right under, like, as I scrolled down through whatever it is Google gives you automatically. Bryce Dallas Howard was the next person. So evidently people like go looking for one and click on the other. Kind of like um, uh, Hardy, Tom Hardy and uh, the guy that got vaporized. How do you mix him up and you don't even know his name? He's poor man Paul Hardy. Did you just call him Paul Harvey? I call him him cheap Tom Hardy. (laughs) No, anyway... (laughs) I, I know someone whose name is Paul Hardy, and so I called it Paul Hardy by mistake instead of Tom Hardy. But Cheap Tom Hardy. Uh, I'm going to put this in Google, and I bet it'll immediately pull it up. Cheap Tom Hardy. I'm so editing this out of the podcast. So I looked up Tom Hardy, and it gave me um, Jessica mm-hmm. Chastain. It was like, you may also be what? interested in Jessica Chastain. Uh, so Imager gave it to me. Quick, oh, what's his name? It's like he's got one of those serial killer names: Thomas Logan, Logan Paul, Paul, James Paul Logan, Logan Marshall Green, <laughs> Logan Marshall Green. That's it. He looks exactly like Tom Hardy. They're the same guy. It's discount Tom Hardy. Okay, discount Tom Hardy. I'm sorry. Just like uh, the guy in Sweet Home Alabama is discount uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh yeah, yeah. True. I don't even know his name. It's Josh something. Yeah. Poor Matthew or poor guy. Matthew McConaughey got all his credit. All right. <laughs> Let's go on to our main conversation. Josh Lucas. That's his name. Uh, we'll go on to our main conversation. Rhiannon kind of gave us the idea for this. Um, we're about to see Avengers Endgame make all the money in the world. Uh, Marvel just won four Oscars of some type or the other. And I guess the question is, is this as good as it's ever going to get? Like, should we enjoy the summit of fandom or is it possible that Marvel can improve from here? Is that roughly what you're thinking, Rhiannon? Yeah. Like, what what are your thoughts on these, this issue? 
I mean, is... So, I mean, like, even if we just look at the Oscars, I mean, Black Panther got so much further than any Marvel movie has ever gotten. And it took this very special sweet spot for Black Panther to get there. It took it being a culturally relevant film, uh, innovative, groundbreaking, you know, all of this stuff. Black Panther 2 or whatever. I mean, because obviously they're going to make more Black Panther movies. Like, it's not going to have that. Yeah, I don't see it getting Oscar nominations. You know, Ruth Carter can show up and make just as awesome costumes. I don't see her getting another Oscar for a sequel. We just had Infinity War. That, what, it got nominated for, like, visual effects? And didn't win. I mean, are we going to have another Marvel? I mean, maybe Endgame has some massive visual effects and it triggers some nostalgia and does something whatever, and next year's Academy feels like, okay, we have to give them a visual effects Oscar. But what would it take to have another contender like Black Panther? And can Marvel do that again? Or are we just at the point when it comes to at least reward season? Will Marvel... And let's just say Marvel Studios for now. I mean, Spider-Man, you know, like Disney has proven that they can make their Disney movies or Pixar can make their movies over and over and get recognition. So, I mean, I could see a Gwen Stacy animated movie getting Oscar contention, if not winning. Um, but in my mind, I can't see Marvel Studios getting as much recognition as they got this year in the future. What do you guys think? Well, they're about to own Fox Searchlight, right? So now they're just going to come up with a really, really indie superhero tale like Logan. And they'll slap that Fox Searchlight label on it and it'll win Best Picture, right? Why not? It'll be like Logan. No, here's what we need, you guys. We need Logan driving around T'Challa, like Logan being his driver. And and driving him around. <laughs> and then we will have the Marvel Best Picture movie wrapped up. Somebody call Feige. Logan explains yeah. racism yeah. to T'Challa. He's been around. Listen, bub. This He's is the way around. the world really He's works. Seen stuff. <laughs> He's going to explain it to T'Challa. Or to Shuri. That would be even better. He drives around and explains... He explains science to Shuri. He mansplains to Shuri. If we're looking for something that could actually win awards in the future, this may sound crazy, but I think their best hope could be Jessica Jones. Like, if they did a film version of Jessica Jones and continued to like delve into the themes that the, the show has done... And they kind of go back through some of those things about uh, Kilgrave and, you know, uh, like the ideas of consent and rape and, you know, like post-traumatic experiences. Like, I think if any Marvel comic is most set up to tell the kind of a story that Oscar people would pay attention to, it's actually just... Are there other stories like that that have... I mean, could Moon Knight yes. be that story? Of the wounded veteran, yes. 
the the wounded veteran with psychological issues that that struggles through adversity and somehow will the oscars ever get past costumes and masks though because that's the thing about jessica jones is you can do it and be true to the comics and just put her into a you know jeans and a leather jacket i mean but jessica jones has been done do you see the academy seeing her as groundbreaking if they go around and tell that same story from jessica jones season one rehash it in a movie version like i feel like she's been seen and you'd have to i mean they're struggling just to they struggled to do a second season of jessica jones that felt any different is there one jessica jones story to tell I mean, I feel like there would have to be another character like her, but that same, you know, idea, that struggle. I mean, I think even more if they're going to reboot something, make it Luke Cage. Some of it is, I don't know if Marvel cares. Like, I think it hurt Black Panther, and I know I've said this since the beginning, but it came out in February. I mean, they literally handed out the Oscar like a full 365 days after it hit theaters that cannot be good for it. like if they really wanted it to win awards they would have put it out in december instead of waiting so long who cares about awards when you're making two billion dollars a movie i mean even then imagine imagine if black panther was released in that november time slot you know it probably would it probably would have been nominated for every single category and it probably it's still a as early as it was released, and it still walked away with three Oscars. Um, I mean, what's I mean, they're Oscars, you know. It's three Oscars. That's two more than Suicide Squad has. <laughs> we're two ahead of DC. Yes, we're that petty. <laughs> it matters, man. You know, it's I don't know. I wouldn't call it peaked or anything because the thing is with with the introduction of Disney Plus and all these new properties that they're talking about. You know, they're talking about. Eternals and they're talking about Black Widow and Shang-Chi you know they're going to do all sorts of stuff now and there's no telling I mean uh, I wouldn't say they've peaked Uh, certainly not critically I mean they're just getting started really Um, yeah I don't think this is going to be the last Oscar they ever win do you think Black Widow could be an Oscar contender do you think that could be your Jessica Jones story of manipulation of a woman and adversity that she overcomes. I think Captain Marvel has Captain Marvel has a better shot. I think winning an Oscar eh, if it hits the right way. I, Brie Larson is already an Academy Award winning actress. She's been at the very middle of. Here's the thing. My opinion is to win an Oscar, you've got to be part of a bigger story, right? Like they love movies that have significance, even if they're idiots about picking what's significant. And so an actress that's helped spearheaded the Me Too movement doing a w- movie about, particularly in a year where there's this big push to, to have more female directors and more female journalists and more females involved in Hollywood in general, given the right context, I could totally see the Oscars getting all excited about patting themselves on the back about how progressive they are by nominating Captain Marvel because it's this sort of feminist icon in Brie Larson who's directing, you know, is leading this movie about female empowerment. Is that crazy? Yeah, no. I mean, I think that's possible. I'd have to see Captain Marvel first to know. But um, I think that's, 
I mean, obviously, Bree knows what to, you know, the politics of campaigning for an Oscar, whatever those are. And they are. I mean, they exist. Um, I'm interested. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if this is where you want to go, Rian. I'm interested on the commercial side, though, too, when we talk about, like, peak of the MCU. As much as I think Marvel has a huge future in front of them, if Endgame does blow out a $285 million opening weekend or whatever they're talking about. I I do think they have to be planning for a downtime when this is over. They just took 10 months off. No, you know, I, I mean like... Um, and they're taking months. a year off after... Uh... I mean like that it will be years before they'll have another movie that makes this kind of money. Yeah. Like, Infinity War and Endgame have been built up so long. There's this pent-up, decade-long interest. Even if they seed Galactus or Annihilus or somebody at the end of Endgame as the next big bad, surely it's going to take at least five or six years for them to gin up that same level of interest again. Uh, yeah, no. Too, man. Well, no, I mean, I don't think that will even have... Uh, who knows? The worldwide appeal i mean and we were talking on twitter today on just to even get the numbers they're expecting from Endgame. you know i talked about it last year for infinity war there were there were some people at my office that went to a 2 a.m showing of infinity war like left that went out to breakfast and then came to work like it was almost showing 24 hours straight that first weekend it was out how do you even get it on more screens? Yeah, that was amazing to me. They don't do that even where I live. Like, this is the brilliance of New York City that they would have a movie on at 3 a.m. Well, and that's why when you guys hear that they're putting tickets on sale, I kind of need to know because I, I, I feel like I need to buy my tickets as soon as they come out. Yeah. I think that just leaked, didn't it? Some movie uh, theater said something. Somebody said that uh, April 2nd was the date I saw as the likely... April 2nd? That seems really late. Yeah, that's pushing it. Uh, so, I mean, that's just what I saw on Twitter. Somebody random put, I mean, that made... Because I have to see it that night. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I'm at the first showing so that I, there's no idiots coming out of the last one that's going to ruin it for me. Like, Michael T. Ford was trying to talk me into some 10 p.m. showing. <sighs> and I love you, Mike, but... Get out of here. 6.30, 7 o'clock, whatever that first option is. The brilliant part, the one part about living in Northwest, I, I Infinity War had maybe a dozen people in there, 20 tops in the theater. So that's like the market left to grow. So like they can't grow anymore in their New York market, so they need to figure out what it takes to get Iowans <laughs> to go on that first weekend. It's Iowa. What will it take? Probably run mega ads and ahead of every TV or every movie or you know, hand out the red hats some... at the door. Battles just aren't worth winning. Oh, there, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's rule America, man. I think it's interesting that I keep saying, well, there has to be gravity. Like, eventually Marvel has to come back to Earth a little bit. Eventually they have to have a failure. There's just no way that they can keep this forever. And I, I look at the future slate and I go, oh, maybe there's some things to be worried about. They aren't as big of properties. But if you had told me even two years when we started this podcast that black Panther and captain Marvel were going to outsell captain America movies or Thor movies. I would have thought you're crazy. You know, like it's not that those are bad characters. They're just, they weren't, you know, they were down on the pecking order 
And so the fact, I mean, for that matter, Spider-Man Homecoming made a lot less money than Black Panther in their opening weekend, which tells me it's not the IP. It's that Marvel has created this unbelievable gravity defined system where they just make money because it's got Marvel on it. And it's, I mean, they're making good movies too. I'm not trying to downplay that, but it's amazing that they've taken, if you take Black Panther's notoriety five years ago versus Spider-Man's, it's amazing that they're making as much money as they are with characters people didn't know. I mean, what's a failure to Marvel Studios? Like seven hundred million? Like we're talking Ant Man on the Wasp money? Yeah. That's Marvel Studios' last failure, right? Yeah. Yep. But even that, it made a profit because they made it right. for less money. Yep. Right. So. Yeah. Feige's not crying. So even at the worst, Marvel Studios' worst movie is still twice as better as a success from other some other studio. So are we at the pinnacle of this? Maybe. But I also wouldn't be surprised if three years from now, you know, Shang-Chi is making $250 million in its opening weekend. Like, at this point, I just believe anything, you know? Um, In the live chat, Michael T. Ford was saying that X-Men really has some potential to go those places as well. Um, Particularly, uh, you know, with some of the political conversations, uh, a Storm movie could be in that kind of place. Uh, he's asking about Kamala Khan as an option, um, which I think is interesting. Uh, I love Kamala, so I'm excited about that. But yeah, I think there's, I still think there's, there's future and there's hope uh, for more from Marvel. But it, it'll have to be the perfect storm, like you said. I, I don't think the Academy is going to care about sequels. It's going to have to be a first-time character. It's going to have to have the right political edge. It's going to have to be visually interesting. It's going to have to do well at the box office, all that kind of stuff. I mean, can you admit what happens if Black Panther's essentially? I mean, what happens if it's Black Panther versus Namor, right? The the land versus sea, and the their uh, Wakanda's dumping their deposits in the ocean or something. You know, I don't know. Mm. It's I don't think it's I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, look at what. Didn't Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 just make ridiculous money? Like, isn't Iron Man 3 one of the highest-grossing MCU movies? Like, top five almost? Um, It's now uh, Infinity War, Black Panther, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Iron Man 3, I think. So, I mean, at least commercially. Yeah, I know it's not the, the critically part, but Black Panther 2 is going to make it just bank yeah uh, tons of money i mean commercially or critically who's to say i mean return of the king that that one best picture hell the russo brothers deserve that show me another director who's ever directed like 40 a-list stars in one movie and that's you know i think that's always gone underappreciated i mean i i feel goofy being like well endgame should have been nominated for oscars but legitimately you know, people used to fall over themselves. Was it Robert Altman, the director that always people like fawned over because he had movies with 15 or 20 characters that like intricately wove in and out of their stories. And people like, oh, how does he make a movie like uh, he directed Nashville or uh, uh, the really boring one that takes place on an English manor. Anyway, he was famous for this. They did much more than that, the Russo brothers. I mean, there's legit 30 characters in that movie. And they made it a coherent, fascinating, quick-moving, sensical, 
Like that's an accomplishment. I think it deserves more credit than it got. And it's kind of frustrating that because it's superheroes, they don't pay attention. All right. You guys want to do the mailbag? All right. uh, Love waffle uh, was talking about how it's kind of amazing that after 20, 21 movies in the MCU has yet to put out a reviled movie. Uh, He said Thor of the dark world does have the worst rotten tomatoes at 66%. Incredible Hulk has the worst IMDB rating at 6.8 out of 10. Um, and they aren't great scores, but they're not terrible. Every long running franchise, all of which, but James Bond only have a fraction of the movies MCU have put out much worse films than Marvel's, uh, worst. Uh, and then he goes through just talking about terrible star Wars and DC and Harry Potter and Jurassic park movies. Uh, the list here is it's, it's incredible. All the, crap that's been made um he also liked the idea of loki through the ages and he's more excited to see loki series than a tom hiddleston less young loki so it'll be interesting how that happens uh little bingo on the website uh gave us some more obscure characters he said how about some of those freaky marvel uk properties or the new universe characters like kickers incorporated the football team that decided to be heroes in the off season i've never heard of this Millie the Model, a standard rom-com but set in the MCU world with alien invasions, demonic possession, and colorfully costumed supervillainy. Or Wood God, the superhero Satter. Or Clandestine. Or Dakota North, uh, the hard-broiled female private eye from New York City. (laughs) And said maybe scratch that last one. So, uh, yeah. That was some great obscure stuff that is obscure for even me. All right, guys, we're tired. It's been a long day. Thanks for listening to the show. We really appreciate uh, when you listen and tell your friends. That is very helpful for us as a podcast. If you want to interact with us, there's lots of ways you can do it. Send us messages on Twitter at Marvel News Desk. Uh, communicate with us via the MarvelNewsDesk.com post each week. Uh, or you can listen to the live stream. If you want to be a Patreon uh, at uh, $5 a month level, you can do the live streams like Michael T. Ford and others, and we'll kind of um, bring your comments into the show as we do it. Uh, but you don't have to give that much. You can just give us five cents a month if you really want to over at patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. Uh, it gets you access to our special uh uh, episodes we do every year in December, including this year's MCU debates episode. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Marvel news desk. Again, the subscription for YouTube is watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. You can let the show be more visible to other people. If you give us five star review on iTunes, uh, thanks to Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V Cox. Also thanks to Alvin for the theme music. He's on a variety of social media platforms at the skull school. Uh, next week is captain Marvel. I can't believe it's finally here. We're going to talk about Captain Marvel. Woohoo. So we will see you guys next week uh, for Miss Danvers. Until then, have a good week.